with this afternoon's challenge to graduates. He is a Colorado native, but has lived on the missionary field with his family in seven countries and on four continents before returning here for college. He is married to his wife, Erin, and they are also expecting a baby girl on the way. He was homeschooled and, has, and then graduated from Fort Lewis College with a degree in chemistry in 2002. Nate worked for two years as an air quality specialist and also guest lectured on this subject at Northern Arizona University. He joined Master Plan Ministry staff in 2004 uh, along with Aaron and since then his goal has been to win college students to Christ, build them into strong disciples and send them into his harvest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nate Hurst. As I look through some of the comment cards that you guys filled out, I was really amazed by just who you are. You're amazing individuals. You all seem to be very athletic and enjoy sports. You hunted, fished, hiked, camped, skied, snowboarded, played hockey, rock climbed, biked. You were all involved in the arts, all sorts of different types of arts, from music to singing, dancing, writing, drawing, and a lot of you do photography. I guess coming from a beautiful area, that would be expected. And most of all, you guys said that you loved your friends and family. That's kind of what really matters, those relationships that you guys have in life and the relationships that you guys have with each other now. And one of you even put that you love Jesus with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And I think that's the most important thing in all of life. I kind of come today humbled that you'd invite me to come and honored that I'm able to be here. And I, I don't think I have a whole lot to offer more than that, that, that he is everything, you know. And he's the only reason all of us are here. He's, he's the reason that we get to celebrate today. So I'm honored to be here with you. You've worked hard and you've waited a long time for this day, and, and this is just the beginning of a whole lot. Erin is my wife over here, like was mentioned. She's the one nobody can quit looking at, and she is with me on staff at Fort Lewis College, winning college students to Christ. I wanted to thank the Castreva family and the Homeschool Association here for inviting me to come speak. I was homeschooled, so I know the value of the education that you guys have received and I, was, I didn't have the opportunity to have a big homeschool association like this, so when I graduated, I was all alone. It was just me, it was nobody else. So I like to tell people I, I graduated at the top of my class back in 1997. <laughs> it was just me. But anyway, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit today about the reality of the world that you're entering and your place in it, because this really is the beginning of a, of a new time in your life, of a new chapter, as somebody said. In perilous times, God always raises up people and establishes people who will stand for him and who will stand for what is right. In the infancy of our nation, God established our founding fathers who crafted the most successful form of democracy in the history of the world and simultaneously freed us from the oppression that we were under. In our country's darkest hour, God established Abraham Lincoln, who not only preserved our union, but he freed the slaves that were in bondage here in this country. As Hitler and the Nazis were murdering millions in poised to subject millions more to tyranny and fascism, uh, God established Winston Churchill and FDR to preserve freedom in, in this world. While our nation was embroiled in racism and segregation, God established Martin Luther King Jr. to, to really fight for, for the rights of those who were downtrodden. When the world was deadlocked in fear and uncertainty of the Cold War, God established President Reagan, who stood up and brought down an evil empire. The last 50 years have witnessed a level of moral depravity unparalleled in human history. And during that time, 
God has established Billy Graham and Bill Bright to further his kingdom in ways never even imagined before in all of history. But I want you guys to get this. Before them, he established Henrietta Mears, a humble and willing woman who invested her life as God directed in those two men's lives and in many more. And she was a part of all that God accomplished through them. She was the catalyst for all that, that happened in their lives. Finally, as the last two decades have witnessed a vicious assault on the family, God established Dr. James Dobson to stand up for the family and for the underpinnings of our society. You'll see this pattern all through history. When, when times are, are terrible, God brings up people to meet the challenge. You're entering the world in a time that's more dangerous than any before in all of history. At this very moment, there are more people suppressed by both physical and spiritual tyranny, uh, oppression, bondage, and slavery than ever before. Innocent people are being murdered in numbers never before imagined. Racism, inequality, and injustice dominate our planet, and billions live in fear and uncertainty even right now. The moral depravity and the assault on the family continue to proliferate unchallenged. That's the reality of the world that you guys are entering. Don't let that scare you, but let it motivate you. It's a big deal. It's not something to be thought of lightly. Winston Churchill described it like this. One ought never to turn one's back on a threatened danger and try to run away from it. If you do that, you will double that danger. If you meet it promptly and without flinching, you'll reduce that danger by half. And that's what my challenge to you guys is today, is to meet these challenges that face you as you leave this place. You're not here today only to walk across this stage and receive a diploma. Just as he has appointed those great men in times past to stand up for what's right at crucial times all through history, he's chosen you and he's established you to stand up for what is right even right now. I'm, I'm not sure, guys, but you may be the ones that overturn Roe v. Wade. Since Roe v. Wade, in this country alone, nearly 50 million people, possibly more, have been murdered. You guys may be the ones that he's called to overturn that. You may be the ones that, that he has brought up to overturn an outdated theory of evolution. Right? You may be the ones that he has planned to use to overturn a ban on prayer in schools. You may be the ones that, that he raises up to preserve marriage in our society. Do you realize that for the first time in, in human history, that's at stake? But you guys are ending the world at this time with that sense of, of uh, direction that God has put you here for. You may be the ones that stand up for our freedoms when those are being challenged like never before. He's chosen you guys to be the Lincolns, the Churchills, the Reagans, the Grahams, and the Dobsons of your generation. He really has. Today marks the beginning of that mission. That's why we celebrate today. It's such a special time. Acts 17.26 tells us, From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. Get that. You, you grew up right where God wanted you to grow up, right? Right here. He has prepared you more than adequately through the friendships, fellowship, and education you've received here. I encourage you to leave this place today recognizing that his plans for you are incomprehensibly larger than any you've ever had for yourself. They're much larger. It may not seem so right now, but this life is very, very short. You do not have many years to live on this planet. Allow him to use you in bigger ways than you can imagine, guys, because that's what he really desires. God promises in Jeremiah 29, 11, and one of you had this verse up here today, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's true. That's just as true now as when it was written. Ephesians 2, 10 tells you that you are his masterpiece and that he created you for amazing works that he's already planned for you. So God has chosen you guys for this very time and for this very place. There are a few things that are going to prevent you from the impact that he's created you for. You may be distracted by what we call the six C's. Cash, cars, careers, condos, cuties, and computers. And 
the, those are things that will tempt you and will try to grab your attention and say, this is more important than the God that created you for a purpose. And I want to encourage you guys, keep your eyes on Christ instead. Keep your eyes on Christ instead. Ravi Zacharias put it like this, meaninglessness doesn't come from being weary with pain. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Most people allow their actions and desires, what they do, to determine their values, and then they allow those to develop their convictions. That's wrong. I want to challenge you to allow the convictions and worldview that you've developed here determine what you value in life, and let that determine what you do in life and what you live for. True joy and fulfillment are found in Him alone. You may be tempted to think of yourself more highly than you ought. Romans 12.3 tells us to be, to be wary of that and not to do that. The world has too many examples of hypocrites, and right now they need somebody that will stand up and be an example of a man or a woman of integrity more than ever before. C.S. Lewis said, of all bad men, religious bad men are worst. And it's so true. Be the person that you need to be first, and then do what you need to do. Don't focus on what you're doing, but on who you are, and growing closer to God and letting him develop you and transform you into his character. Be faithful with the little things that God's given you, and then he'll make you faithful with more. And I want to encourage you, don't be faithful with the little for, for the sake of what comes next. Be faithful with little for the sake of the little. With your whole heart, give everything you do 100%. Teddy Roosevelt put it this way, do what you can where you are with what you have. And that's really what I want to encourage you guys with today, is to take that step as he puts it in front of you. Remember Henrietta Mears again. She didn't seek fame or fortune, but was faithful with little. She taught a Sunday school. But God used her to train and develop and disciple the two greatest evangelists, Billy Graham and Bill Bright, in all of history. You may be tempted to think of yourself as incapable or insufficient for these challenges. All of you at some point will be tempted to think, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. You are who he made you to be. Don't try to be something different. He made you exactly how he wanted you. Trust him with those insecurities and insufficiencies. Your weaknesses, inabilities, and failures present no challenge to God's plan for your life. Your willingness does, guys. Your willingness does. So be willing. Churchill again encourages us that success is the ability to go from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm. The price of greatness is responsibility. Never give in, never, 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 in nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in, except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield the force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Thomas Edison also wrote, Many of life's failures are experienced by people who didn't realize how close they were to success when they gave up. So don't give up, guys. Keep going, no matter the obstacle. You may be tempted to try to accomplish what he's called you to in your own strength you're never going to be able to do all that God called you to alone. You need him. Realize the plans he has for you are much greater than anything you can do on your own. We often think of God like C.S. Lewis described. We regard God as an airman regards his parachute. It's there for emergencies, but he hopes you'll never have to use it. Often we see God that way. And I want to encourage you guys, see God differently. See him as the foundation for every step you take and every decision you make. See him as everything. In reality, you'll only be able to accomplish his purposes for your life out of that close daily walk with him, guys. Jesus told us in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But see, with him and as you abide in him, you will bear much fruit. You will accomplish what he's made you to accomplish. And in Colossians 1, Paul reiterates that you're able to accomplish that with the energy of God himself working through you mightily. It's a powerful verse. That brings me to the conclusion. Jesus told Martha in Luke 10:42 that only one thing in all of life matters. Only one thing. And that's growing closer to him in intimate relationship with him every day. That's all that matters, guys. 
Everything else flows out of that. Everything else flows out of that. If you make him your focus, drawing closer to him each day, he will do what he wants with you. He'll make you who he wants you to be, and he'll accomplish what he wants with your life. As you look at the world today, everyone is clamoring for change. You see bumper stickers, change. You hear politicians talking about change. With the mess that this world is in, I understand why. You can't determine the blessings and hardships that are going to come at you in life. You don't have any clue what comes down the road. You know, Some of you might have unbelievably good fortunes or good blessings. Some of you might have very, very hard tragedies. Bertha Calloway said, you cannot direct the wind, but you can adjust the sails. And what I want to encourage you with today is you leave this place, adjust your sails towards Christ. Adjust your sails towards Christ, keeping your eyes on him. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, the writer of Hebrews talks about this race of life that we're in. And you guys are all on that race. And right now you're starting that race on your own. And he says, in that race, with all the distractions and all the different things that clutter up our lives, he says, keep your eyes on Jesus, guys. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And that's all I can encourage you with today. If you will keep your eyes on him, you will be the change that this world desperately needs. If you will keep your eyes on him, you will not waste your life. If you will keep your eyes on him, you will be the Lincolns, Churchills, Reagans, Grahams, and Dobsons of your generation. And I want to encourage all you guys out here in the crowd today, too. This was titled, The Challenge to the Students. But I want this to be a challenge to you guys as well. They're the ones that are graduating, but no matter who you are, God wants you to walk out of this place and change the world that you're in. You're never too old or never too young to accomplish what God has planned for you. So I wish you guys all the best. I, I hope you truly will leave this place and impact the world in all the ways that God has planned for you. And thanks again for having me here today.